0: Today is a special bonus episode of Boardwalk Times Multiverse of Marvel. We are going to be fantasy booking the Fantastic Four for the MCU. With San Diego Comic-Con and D23 on their horizon, this may be our last chance to fancast and fantasy book the Fantastic Four for the foreseeable future. I'm Zach Perlstein, the editor-in-chief of the Boardwalk Times. Joining me today to fantasy book is a very special guest who is making his Boardwalk Times Multiverse of Marvel podcasting debut, Richard Nebbins of The Direct. Welcome to the pod.
1: Thanks so much. Uh, Appreciate you having me. This should be a a lot of fun. I'm excited for this. It really
0: should be. So basically, just to explain the rules to start, we're going to go one by one, like through each category. We're going to cast Reed Richards, Sue Storm, Johnny Storm, Ben Graham, and then we will fantasy book like what director, writer, villain, and storyline should be used. I, I agree. This should be a lot of fun. And I think to kick this off i think we should just start with reed richards because he's already been in the mcu recently so let's kick it off with reed richards who's your pick for reed richards richard
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah oh my god 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 knows god knows i wish i could do it myself i mean either reed richards or richard rider something like that but um (laughs) but anyway no for for reed in the mcu I, i mean we saw him already in dr strange in the multiverse of madness I honestly can't go anybody with John Krasinski right now. I know we've got a ton of options, and I know because we got Krasinski in Multiverse of Madness, we might not get him this time around for the real thing. But I I just love the idea of an Earth-616 version played by John Krasinski. I think in the limited screen time he had in Multiverse of Madness, he absolutely nailed it. And I think he could, he could do a great job given a whole movie to actually develop Reed Richards and like go into all the science stuff that we we saw just a hint of um in Doctor Strange. I think he could do a really good job with it.
0: I totally agree. I love the that pick. I think it's like the number one pick in most people's minds. And oh, you're yeah. right. In Doctor Strange, he gave like so much knowledge with limited screen screen time. I could only imagine what a full movie with Krasinski as reed would be like i think it would be just it would be just so cool to see it play out and i think they did a great job in multiverse of madness with reed where you know they showed off his technology well the suit well i i mm-hmm. really do think john krasinski as reed richards would be a phenomenal choice
1: mm-hmm. absolutely and no and like like i said we might not get him just because that's, I mean, they talked about it being the fan casting version of Reed in Doctor Strange, but I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Maybe we'll get a little more of him.
0: Me too. And, you know, for the sake of this podcast, like I would love if I could have picked, you know, John Krasinski too, but I was like, ah, let me try something different. I want it to go different. And I went really different. And I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on my pick here, but mm-hmm. I actually went with Zach Efron. Is Reed Richards. And I know that's, I don't think anyone, has anyone done that fan cast? Because I don't think anyone has done that fan cast. Not that I've seen. No. Yeah. I just feel as, and I thought about it more and more. I just think Zac Efron, if he's ever going to join the Marvel cinematic universe, he has to be in like a very main role. He always seems like he's a main character type guy. So that's like, you know, so I just think he could nail some of the, other characteristics of reed i think he could play you know the jealousy role with sue and like i just think he could nail some different aspects i think it's a it's a different choice but in my head i was like hmm
1: i think it would work out pretty nice yeah no and like and for me i want zach Efron to the mcu as pretty much anything i think after what we saw in baywatch and obviously what he did with um what, what's his name the serial killer dead bundy dead bundy um i think he's becoming like one of the quintessential action stars of this day and age kind of i mean he is long past his disney channel years and yeah. um no i think i want him in the mcu as pretty much anything but uh, no i think he could do a good job with reed richards um i mean it's definitely a different choice i don't think i've heard him with that character before but i could see it And you know if they really go that route i think they could do a good job with him
0: and, you know, the only other thing to just back up my pick more, the reason why I also picked him was because I think he is in the right age range for the rest of my cast, the rest of the cast I picked. Right. I was trying to get it like all at the same, you know, besides Johnny, um, all at the same age range. So I, I think that was another, you know, right way of doing it. Yeah. And that's some, obviously something important to think about when you're doing this. For sure, and that brings us to our next one.
1: Who, who do you have for Sue Storm? Now, I know I know a lot of people, I'm not sure how people are going to react to this because I know like what the main, main choice is. I'm going to yeah. go Blake Lively for Sue Storm. Um, I know it's a little bit different, but she's got the look, obviously, of Sue Storm. She's got the look. She's got the, the action movie history. No, I think not only could she do a good job with that role, I'm actually thinking ahead a little bit on this one. We've got Ryan Reynolds coming into the MCU as Deadpool eventually. Yeah. Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds are obviously a real life couple. Could you imagine the Deadpool jokes that could come out of that casting alone? Besides the fact that I think she'd do a good job with the role, I think that would just be absolutely hilarious from a Deadpool front. I'm a big Deadpool guy, so that
0: works for me. I think, you know, that would be like the cherry on top, you know, having his real life wife inside the mcu blake lively yeah i think it is a really good choice but i i do have to press you a bit is um you know you know i think everyone when they cast um john krasinski for reed they usually pick emily blunt as because exactly. they're a real life couple what what made you not do that was it just for the sake of being different or just because the blake lively fan cast is actually really darn good
1: I mean a little bit of both. Um, and I mean I'm also thinking about, you know, some some of the comments that Emily Blunt has had. She doesn't seem like she's as inclined to do a superhero movie anyways, with some of the stuff she said over the past couple of years. So that's kind of making me lean away from her. But I also do think the Blake Lively casting would work really well. And I think she could do a good job with that given the right material.
0: Agreed. Yeah, that's that's good enough for me. That works. <laughs> my choice for sue storm i i don't know if you'll even it's another kind of different choice but i actually saw this when there was a website once doing betting odds for Mm -hmm. the fantastic four and this actress came up and i actually watched her her name is diana agron and she was on glee she's most known for glee but she has the look i think she is a really good actress and I, I don't know. I think she would really work as Sue Storm and I think she would bounce off of Zach Efron
1: really well. Yeah, I mean it's definitely a different choice. I do remember those those casting odds thing. I think I think Krasinski and Blunt were at the top of the list in terms of um Sue and Reed for that one. But um but no, it's definitely a little bit of a different choice, and obviously she was great on Glee for a long time, but um but no, it's definitely I I like it. And that's the thing about Marvel too, is like Sometimes they go the route we're expecting with casting, like think back to Doctor Strange with Benedict Cumberbatch. and um, But like Tom Holland wasn't exactly on everybody's lists before he turned out to be, I think, in my opinion, the best Spider-Man we've gotten in live action. For sure. So, so no, I mean, Diana Agron could do, could do pretty well with, um, with Blake, especially if they're going like a little bit of a different route with it.
0: Yeah, and I agree, and I I just think she would work also because I think the MCU has had a good pipeline. I, I think of Chris Pratt specifically going from like yes. Parks Parks and Rec to the MCU, and it's like, yeah, why not Glee to the MCU? You know, I think yeah, it could exactly. really work. Absolutely. This next one is this one's interesting because I think we both have way different choices on this one, but I'm very curious <laughs> to you know break it all down. But Johnny Storm also you know, the human torch, who, who do you have for this role?
1: I've been debating between a couple of options. And, um, but the one I'm going with is actually one you already said you cast him as Reed and I'm going to cast him as human torch, Zach Efron. Um, I think this role would fit him pretty much perfectly. You could almost transfer his role over from what he did in Baywatch alongside the rock to what he could do with Johnny storm. I think like you said, he's a good age for Reed. And I totally do agree with that. I think he'd be perfect for Johnny Storm. And especially too, like when you cast Johnny, you have to also have to look at who's playing Sue, because they're brother and sister. Yeah. I think I think Zach Efron and Blake Lively are only within a few months of each other, like less than a year or two age-wise in real life. So I think he could work with that. I think he's got the look down, obviously. I mean he could he could just get maybe not quite Baywatch ripped, but he could obviously get into that kind of shape for Johnny and be that kind of playboy, you know, popular dude, uh, riding a motorcycle and everything. And I think, I think Zach Afron could absolutely nail human torch um, if they give him that opportunity.
0: I think so too. And honestly, I think your, your pick of Afron for human torch slash um, Johnny storm really to me, it reminds me of, you know, Chris Evans from, Yeah, exactly. It would be very similar to that in a way. And yeah, I think that would be really, really good casting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. My choice from Johnny Storm, Human Torch. I went a little bit younger, but I kind of tried, I tried to keep it near Diana's age because that's who I picked for Sue. But I'm actually going with, have you seen
1: The Outer Banks? I think I've seen it once. I've heard of it a little bit, but I think I know where you're going with this.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I think you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Rudy Pankow of the Outer Banks, he also was in Uncharted, which actually starred Tom Holland. So, right. I mean, I think he, he has the look for Johnny Storm, but I also think he has the acting ability. He has this just very, I think he could just pull off the role really well. I think he could pull off, you know, the cockiness, the smoothness. I think he just has all the right tools to make it work.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I remember, I think at the direct, we had an interview with a guy named Gary Weeks who was in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home for a Minute. And I'm pretty sure he mentioned Rudy as somebody he'd want to see play human torch. He was either him or another one of his Outer Banks co-stars. But um, but no, he could definitely do a great job. And looking at him right now, he turns 24 years old next month. So, yeah. I mean, he could play the role for a long time. Um, I mean, if they cast him. And obviously he's close to... Um, Diana Agron is Sue. And um, no, I mean he's got the look, he's got the action status. I think he he could work. I mean, um either him or Efron, I I'd, I'd like to see. Yeah,
0: I think those are both really good choices. And yeah, I also think he could bounce off of some of the younger um stars we're seeing. I could see him working with like the Haley Steinfelds of the world, the yeah. Ivan Bellani's the Tom Hollins, the Zochi Gomez's. Like I think he could really blend in with that um level of the
1: mcu as well exactly like like he's a tiny bit older than them but he could be kind of a good bridge between like the younger younger stars and the kind of and the the older stars of the group i don't want to say older because none of them are really that old. more more
0: established i guess established. i, mean, I no, exactly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I don't the, know veterans. We,
1: the, the veterans
0: because, because it's funny when you think of like the young avengers you kind of run into that issue where it's like oh some of them are actually older with the casting and then some are super young like that's gonna <laughs> yeah be exactly by the time they actually get to make this film, they're all going to be 30, you know,
1: like just. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, except for like like Julian Hilliard's 11 he's right gonna, now. <laughs> he's going to grow into the role. It's going to exactly. be like. I think he's 11 and Jet Klein is like 13. And, and like, I know um, the directors interviewed both of them, me and my, my guy, Liam Crowley. Um, and they're both awesome. I can't wait for the Young Avengers to be a thing. Just as too. a side note.
0: I, I can't either. Yeah, this was a pretty good side note. I love talking to Young Avengers. So yeah, I can't wait for that. to be a thing Uh, all right time for uh speaking of things yeah things oh that was a perfect segue (laughs) yeah three down and now to round out our fantastic four we have the thing so richard who
1: who do you have for ben Grimm slash the thing i have been this has been honestly my toughest choice for the thing because i've debated between like four or five different guys part of me almost wants to see michael chiklis come back um and do it again because i think he's not he's not even that old but For the MCU version, I'm going to go with a guy who's had some Marvel experience before, Leave Schreiber. We remember him playing um, Sabretooth in the original X-Men Origins Wolverine movie across from Hugh Jackman, like more than a decade ago. And I think now he's aged up to the point where he's kind of the perfect age for Ben Grimm, especially if you're matching him with John Krasinski. He's a little bit older. I think he's probably like 10 years or so older than Krasinski, but they could still be you know, pretty close age-wise and look-wise. And I think he's got the build for the human version of Ben, um, you know, totally. And then I think he could do the CGI stuff and all the action stuff. However they decided to go with Ben, um, part of me wishes they would just do like another costume the way they did with Michael Chiklis because that actually looked awesome. But, I, um, yeah. but no, I would love to see Schreiber do, uh, do Ben Grimm in the thing.
0: You know, what's funny about your pick there is I actually was going to pick him before you oh, know, okay i okay. had him for a while Lee schreiber i had him i was like oh he's the thing he's the thing is like he has that gruff voice he could really you know he just he just fits the thing role but i ended up changing my pick but oh, another thing you mentioned was like michael chiklis who i also think would be a really they brought him back you know hey why not you know some right. some some characters work you know like some like totally. what we what we've seen with like bringing back kingpin bringing back daredevil and i think jessica Mm -hmm. jones and like a couple of the other ones it's like sometimes if something works don't fix it
1: so exactly if it's not broke don't fix it
0: but another point you brought up it was very brief but i do hope they actually go with a real suit for the thing or like something that's more like a little more practical more practical more practical just because i think you know with the current flux of marvel titles it seems like there's been a lot of visual effects issues due to visual effects like visual effects places being overwhelmed and stuff and mm-hmm. i think this could be a way to just make like the fantastic four feel more real more lived yeah. in and like you know not everything yeah. needs to be visual effects so it's like yeah i, I think yeah. that would be a pretty cool move
1: even if it's not completely cgi or if it's, or if it's not completely practical at least some of it I think could be like some of the way that they did, like the Iron Man suits in the past and everything. Um, No, if they put the time and the effort on that, I think the thing is going to look really good in the MCU. And, and I think for the fantastic four, I would imagine that they're focused on making it pretty good, especially considering it's Marvel's first family and their live action ad- adaptations have been somewhere between okay and just not good at all. Non-existent really. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think there was –
0: it's funny. I think there was a Fantastic Four film. I forget what decade it was, but it never aired. Like, it never came out. Yeah,
1: 1994. Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, that's where it ranges from. But for for my pick for Ben Graham for The Thing, I went – you know, I wanted to go with someone who had – like, who's a really good actor, who has the charisma, who can just pull off the role. But I also was like, oh, I need someone in a similar age range – to Diana and Zac Efron and also that could like bounce off like if they ever had to do human scenes and then they go into you know the thing scenes or more practical scenes and my pick mm-hmm. is Jesse Plemons all right okay and I'm shocked he hasn't actually been casted in the MCU yet because he just seems like he's an actor with an upward trajectory and I'm just shocked he hasn't been cast it yet so I was really struggling to cast Ben Grimm in the thing and then it just all kind of fell into place and went, Hey, I think this could really work.
1: Yeah. And, uh, another, uh, real life Marvel relationship, he's married to Kirsten Dunst, or at least they've been together for a long yeah. time. You know, our Mary Jane Watson growing up, but, um, but no, I think he could, he could work. And like, I'm looking at his age, he's only 34 years old right now. Um, so obviously he could stay with the role for a long time. Um, you know, given the right opportunity, and no he's got the he's got the build for ben i think he's got you know the experience in big movies like that i think he could work he could work i think
0: so too and i would you know if he doesn't get cast it as ben Grimm, and you know obviously all these picks are fantasy booking so i'm assuming right you know marvel studios probably has some different picks up their sleeves but you know if we end up getting one right it will be pretty epic you know i'll definitely text be, you and be like that would be
1: incredible no i'll be all over that i mean i'm i'm hoping we get some kind of news at uh, at san diego comic con or d23 this year um i, I imagine we'd get it just cuz it's been what almost 2 years since fantastic four was first announced and they're still they're still hard at work working on it
0: yeah, and also you know you had John Watts who was a part of the project then left the project. So yeah, it's right. We're at a kind of a crossroads here where I'm very curious to see where where we're going. But yeah, Jesse Plemons. So just to recap for everyone listening, m- my team was Reed Richards slash you know Mister Fantastic, Zach Efron. Then for Sue Storm, the Invisible Woman, I had Diana Agron. Then for Johnny Storm. Slash the Human Torch. I had Rudy Pankow, and then for Ben Grimm slash the
1: Thing, I had Jesse Plemons, and then mine was John Krasinski as Reed, Blake Lively as Sue Storm, uh, Zach Efron as Human Torch or Johnny Storm, and um, Leif Schreiber as the Thing. Sweet. Now, now we're on
0: our second half of the fantasy booking, which will include, you know, villain, storyline, director, and writer. I think we should actually just start with director. If, yeah. who, who would be your like dream director for this project or your iteration of the fantastic Boar? who could you see making this cast work
1: all right i mean i have i have debated between a couple of different people and maybe we'll go through like honorable mentions at the end or something yeah but i'm gonna go with somebody who's really been in the directing circle as of recently bryce dallas howard i think she has done absolutely incredible work on the mandalorian recently i mean she's taking after her father and taking it to a whole new level obviously ron howard's daughter um and i know people have actually like fan casted her as um as sue storm on occasion but i think after her work on the mandalorian i want to see her direct some kind of big you know blockbuster movie whether it be from star wars or marvel and she was obviously gwen stacy in uh, spider-man 3 i mean i know everybody tries to kind of forget that movie existed, but, um, (laughs) but uh, her in the director's chair, I think could be something really cool, especially given, you know, the fantastic four character characters as cool as that.
0: I absolutely love that choice. And it's like one of those things where like, I'm kicking myself for like not thinking of it because it's like, (laughs) you know, these in the honorable mentions, which we'll get to later, obviously Bryce Dallas Howard as Sue storm, you know, that has to be one just because, you know, she would do awesome. But yeah, yeah, her work on The Mandalorian has been terrific. Obviously, you know, Ron Howard's daughter, you would come to expect that. But she's really taken, you know, The Mandalorian and everything she's directed Star Wars wise to just a whole nother level. So, yeah, yeah, I would totally love to see what her vision would be if she got a chance to direct a Marvel film. I think it would be such
1: a great combination. It doesn't shock me that she's good. It shocks me how good. I mean, her that's what they, epi- yeah. her episodes of The Mandalorian and her one episode of The Book of Boba Fett so far have been uh, pretty much all fan favorites. And I know she's coming back for more Star Wars also. And uh, I think it's time she get a Marvel project.
0: Yeah, I think if the people at Disney are watching or if you know the people at Marvel Studios are watching, Bryce Dallas Howard should be at the top of their list to direct something, even if it Absolutely. doesn't end up being the Fantastic Four. Just something. Because I just think she's one of those great directing talents, which hopefully we'll get to watch for many years to come. Hope so. And once again, just another awesome choice, Richard. But uh, (laughs) my directing choice, ironically, actually comes from the world of The Mandalorian, but also comes from the world of the MCU. Already has established roots in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I actually went with Peyton Reed here. Because I know he's had... His thoughts of doing, you know, directing a Fantastic Four project. He's had a lot of ideas for it. And also I've just I actually am a fan of the Ant-Man films and I loved when he directed the Mandalorian episode. I think it was the last episode with Luke. Yes. And season Grogu, two Finale. Season two finale. And yeah, I just think, you know, you know, with John Watts no longer on this project, which I would have loved to seen John Watts' Fantastic Four, I think it would have been too. Would have been great because I think he did a great job integrating Spider-Man into already established universe. I think, you know, he would have done the same thing for the Fantastic Four.
1: But if I can't have John Watts, I'll pick Peyton Reed. I'll take it. I mean, I would. I think I would love to see a Peyton Reed um, Fantastic Four movie. I think he's done a better job with the Ant-Man movies that people give him credit for. I mean, obviously, for sure, he had to take over the whole Andrew Wright situation back when that was a whole thing before the first Ant-Man. And I think he's done a really good job at working Ant-Man into the MCU. And especially because, um, I mean, we'll go into this later with our storyline, but there's a good chance Fantastic Four could potentially go into some Quantum Realm stuff and, you know, that, that aspect of the MCU. And that's a lot of where the fa- Fantastic Four lives, you know, um, the same stuff as the Ant-Man franchise has done. Um, so I think Peyton Reed c- could really nail a Fantastic Four movie. I'd take him or Bryce Dallas Howard, honestly. They're two great picks. And
0: another thing about like and Reed is when you watch these Ant-Man films, specifically Ant-Man and the Wasp, when you watch them at the end of the day, they are family films. And what, what is the Fantastic Four? It's a family. It's for a family. Yeah. And it's a family film. So I'm like, I just think those styles would work, you know, they would blend together. And yes, we'll, we'll get to the storyline too, because you know, I think some things will definitely connect there. Absolutely. But for writer, you know, but like for your, you know, when it comes to fantasy booking, a writer for this project, who would you have? Because it's a pretty, you know, tall task. You know, the Fantastic Four has already been adapted twice and has gotten, you know, like what we said, mixed reviews. Whoever gets to screenwrite this project, there's going to be a lot of
1: pressure on them. So who who do you have writing this? This one was so tough for me to do. Um, But I ended up going with somebody who's very familiar to Marvel fans. Um, A classic duo that we've seen for a long time, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. They did all three Captain America films, the last two Avengers movies with uh, the Russo brothers, obviously. And here's what I'm thinking with them. They did such a good job at introducing Captain America into the MCU which I mean, he kind of has a similar legacy to the Fantastic Four. He's one, he's obviously one of Marvel's first characters they ever created. And the Fantastic Four has been around for over 60 years now. And I think given their history with the MCU, and given the Fantastic Four's history with Marvel, I think it could actually be a pretty perfect fit.
0: I totally agree. I think both Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, those are just two great writers they've given us some of the most iconic lines and iconic moments mm-hmm. within mcu history so i do think they are one of the best picks honestly to write this fantastic four film which you know before we get too further they have there isn't a writer attached to this yet or like was there no, not yet The like, only one
1: attached was john watts before he left
0: yeah john watts and probably some of his writing partners like people who he's, yeah he's collaborated with because it's about to say i'm like you know usually you hear about like someone like making a rough draft or you know first draft on a film totally but like yeah it's like this one has been very silent so yeah marcus and McPhilia, i think that would be one of the perfect choices to get the fantastic four into the mcu make them feel like they're supposed to be there and Absolutely. you know ha- also have a great story too yeah definitely and, my pick i another one where i'm going a little you know off the tracks a bit but i'm actually staying within the disney family is i want someone like an andrew stanton to take a shot at writing an mcu film just because you know he wrote the last couple episodes of obi-wan kenobi he's had experience directing like stranger things i know that doesn't have anything to do with writing i don't know really <laughs> said that but you know he's still helped, big yeah he's helped um He's done so much creative stuff with Pixar over the years that I think his stories have resonated with generations of people in, you know, even with Obi-Wan Kenobi, he, he was brought in obviously to do some polishes and write-ups. I think having someone like Andrew Stanton, who is one of these creative storytellers of our generation, come in, write a Fantastic Four script. I think it's a pretty good shot. It will end up being something really, really great. I have no clue if you'd be interested in doing that type of thing, but I just think, you know, that there is some massive potential there.
1: No, absolutely. And, and he helped shape Pixar from the ground up. I mean, he did all four toy stories, the Monsters, Inc. movies, Finding Nemo, Finding Dory. Um, No, and, and I think too, like, I think the, intro on obi-wan kenobi like his his reintroduction back into the disney stuff with obi-wan kenobi could be kind of a good you know easy passageway into the marvel world because i mean i know he didn't do a ton on obi-wan but yeah. i think it might be enough to really to kind of ease him into the world of of the marvel universe and um i mean it'd definitely be a different pick i haven't seen anybody's you know thinking about andrew stanton as as yeah. a writer on this movie but but it could work. I, I think that could be definitely an interesting choice.
0: You know, it's like, honestly, I could have went with him for writer and director, but I decided to, yeah. you know, keep them separate, just because I think, you know, just for reasons, just keep it separate. Yeah, right. totally. Yeah, no, I really do think he would end up being just a really good choice. No, I, I like it. Now we're, we're down to our final two categories, which is a villain casting and then storyline. So I think we should do the villain casting now. So what, what villain would you cast in the first fantastic four film where you can even go off base and, you know, tell me, you know, who would you cast
1: as the antagonist? Okay. This is one I've actually had for a long time before we even came up with the idea to do this show. Dr. Doom, Matthew McConaughey. Okay. I think, I think he would kill that role. We had heard about him in rumors, obviously to play uh, ego, um mean, Guardians of the Galaxy two a while ago before Kurt Russell took that role, and we've seen him take some darker roles over the last few years. I think him versus John Krasinski as as Reed and Victor Von Doom that would be a battle for the ages. And I think Matthew McConaughey as a villain in the MCU would be absolutely killer. Honestly.
0: All right, all right, all right. I see. I all love right, all right, pick. all right. Yeah, like I, I love that pick. I I think. My my McConaughey MCU pick is I think more of the chalk pick. You know I've I haven't actually heard that many people mention him for Doctor Doom. I've actually had of him as um Norman Osborn. I know we already got a yeah. Norman Osborn with No Way Home with Willem Dafoe, but I just feel yeah. like you know if they ever did a Norman Osborn arc, I could just see him playing that character and like yeah, I think you do a great job with either. I just lean more toward Doom for him. Doom would be a massive role for him because i would assume if he is um dr doom in the mcu that's a multi picture role and i know marvel studios has said in recent years they don't do multi-picture deals but i feel like you know if yeah. you connect the dots a bit i mean some of these roles are gonna have to be multi-picture deals
1: yes yeah. and there's already rumors of him coming in uh, black panther 2 i mean we don't know if they're gonna you know become real but there are rumors
0: yeah, and there's also rumors for a Doctor Doom like Disney Plus series. Like you yeah. know, that was like f- like vaguely kind of rumored, which that's another thing to watch with San Diego Comic Con and D twenty three coming up. You know, mm-hmm. a Doctor Doom Disney Plus series. I think having a Doctor Doom Disney Plus series announced before we even get a Fantastic Four film would be kind of a, you know, mind blown situation. Would be crazy. At least for me, I would be like, What? You know, that's pretty
1: crazy. Yeah, exactly.
0: But, yeah. <laughs> But no, Matthew McConaughey as Doctor Doom is a great pick. I would love to see him bounce off John Krasinski as Reed Richards. I I really do think you know I could see those two headlining a Secret Wars film too. I could yeah, totally. Really, you know, see that working out. My pick for a villain for this fant for fantasy booking the Fantastic Four, I went with another super good actor, and I think this has been done probably a billion times as a fan cast, but I just think, you know, it's probably the best way for him to get into the MCU and potentially stand is Rami Malek as the silver surfer. Mm. I like it. I like it. I just think he has, he has that voice. He has that like gravitas. I mean, I just think it would work. I just think it would work. I don't know who my Galactus would be. I don't know you know, I, you know, I probably should have thought about that, you know, ahead of time, but I still don't know. I'm up in the air on that. But I do you think Rami Malik as the silver surfer is like the first villain they face would be like a good kind of intro because it would be like something very familiar for the audience yet new.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, Rami Malik would be I think he'd do awesome at anything in the MCU. I mean, obviously he's got the hardware. He's got the the love from his past shows. I mean, Iron and, you know, obviously his work on Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, no, he would kill it in the MCU, whether it be silver surfer, whether it be as anything else. Um and, and it was funny. I'm like you, I really struggled at thinking who I would want as Galactus. And like, like I thought back to the past movies that like Lawrence Fishburne played, uh, played the voice of the silver surfer in, um, Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. And I mean, he's already the MCU. We got him as Bill Foster. But um, but no, Rami Malik would be super cool. I, I'd take him as anything. I think Silver Surfer would be a pretty cool role. I do too. And as I think about it,
0: Galactus, would Brian Cranston even work? I know he's getting older. I mean Maybe. I, yeah. Like Galactus, I, I still think that's far, far down the line. I think if we get yeah, these for sure. fan, I think if we get these Fantastic Four films, it'll be like a slow build up, like a you know, Doctor Doom or a Silver Surfer or a Super Scroll or a yeah. Mole Man. The way like, they did
1: Thanos in the in the Infinity Saga.
0: Yeah, I really do think it'll be a you know, and also I'm kinda going off of like this, you know, MCU Spider Man trilogy with how they went with villains where it's like, you know, Vulture, and then you got Mysterio, and then you had like for the third film, you know, a finale of different everybody. Movies. Yeah, like yeah. everybody, you know, the rogues just all come out of the woodworks.
1: Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah no, that'd be, that'd be super cool. I, I like where our castings are going.
0: Yeah. I love where our castings are going. And it's like what we've been saying. It's that I do hope, you know, I know we're not going to get everything right, but I do hope we might get, you know, some of these, right. Like a shot in the dark. <laughs> if, it would be really If cool. we can
1: get one out
0: of our 10 picks, right. That'd be pretty cool. It would be epic. Even if we got an honorable mention, you know, right. Yeah, for you sure. know? Like I think that's where we could really make up some ground and, You know, I I just would, I can't wait for them to announce this, but I do feel like we're running out of time for like fantasy booking the Fantastic Four. So so I'm so happy
1: we're doing this. I mean, this has got to be probably the most fan casted MCU movie that's coming up, probably out of any of them, because everybody wants to see the Fantastic Four in the MCU uh, with their history. 100%. And I
0: think after it will probably be X Men, really, right? Absolutely. It's got to be the X Men
1: which that might be another pod for us to
0: do you know yeah no,
1: I've, I've already got a couple of ideas but there's so many characters in there that'd be that's a that's a challenge you in have of to itself. split
0: it yeah split it down yeah <laughs> but we've come to our final point in our fantasy booking and that's the storyline so richard do you want to go first what would your ideal storyline look like for a fantastic
1: four film set inside the mcu now this one's tough because I remember I did an article on ideas for storylines about, it was probably sometime last year about where to set the fantastic four within the MCU. Cause you could do it back in the sixties where they originally started there's seventies, eighties stuff from the, from the comics that would work well, or you could just do it in present day. Um, but we haven't had an MCU like true prequel in a while. I mean, we've obviously gotten Captain America and Captain Marvel, but I think if you're going to go prequel again, I think the Fantastic Four is where you go with it. I'm thinking set it in the 60s when they first came in in the comics. Have them be like the, the first astronauts w- with in the MCU, like like the space race and you know, going to the moon in 1969 and everything. Kind of have them tied to that. And then you can go into the quantum realm and maybe time travel stuff um, then too. And even if you don't have them in the 60s the entire way, um, you could, like, start them there and then work them into the new millennium and the 2020s and everything. Um, and then with that way, you could even lead up to Doom, like, have have Doom be one of their later villains. So Maybe start off with somebody smaller, like kind of like how some of the past movies have done, like, like Spider-Man with the Vulture or, like, the Avengers with Loki and stuff like that. Um, so then you can work your way up to Doctor Doom being the big big bad for the fantastic four but that i'm thinking that's kind of where i would set it but there's obviously so many good ideas for for how to do this movie
0: that's fantastic and that's very similar to like my storyline actually with like you know the 60s in the quantum realm i think that's like one of the best routes you know i think it really Mm -hmm. is i really like that storyline yeah and you know i i really do think you know we are in a need for mcu prequel because i guess Black Widow. Would count as an MCU prequel, but doesn't feel like it, you know, it doesn't feel like it as yeah. much.
1: Yeah, I mean it does it totally helps fill in some gaps. I mean obviously it's just yeah. between civil war and infinity war, but like a true, true MCU prequel, we've only had really a couple of them.
0: So with your storyline, you know, being set, you know, during the 60s, you know, space race, you know, I really love that, you know, with it being in the 60s, what MCU did you have
1: any like MCU characters in mind that like the young Fantastic Four would like interact with? I mean, not off the top of my head, but just thinking about it, I mean, there's obviously a couple. I mean, I mean, Peggy Carter is obviously working her way up yep. through S.H.I.E.L.D. We saw her in, what, 1970 in, in Endgame as one of the top agents at S.H.I.E.L.D. Obviously, Howard Stark, maybe Hank Pym. I mean, if you tie in that, like like with your Peyton Reed pick for director, yeah. you can tie in some uh, some old Michael Douglas stuff. So, characters like that, and um, I think that'd be pretty cool. That's what, yeah,
0: I think if they did that, if they did back in time, I think they would have to acknowledge it in some way because it's like, you know who who's sending them up to space? You know, like right, it would have exactly. to be, you know, you would have to have some MCU masterminds behind it. And I just think it would be a funny, you know, type yeah. thing if the storyline was like, oh, it was a space mission gone wrong, and they got erased from history until they come back.
1: Yeah, like and like, day. and even just off the top of my head, I was just kind of thinking about that. I remember that NASA thing that they did in the first Avengers, where they were kind of located at that NASA base with uh, Project Pegasus and everything. Um, they could kind of tie it in like that. Maybe have a uh, NASA and Shield's relationship kind of start with with the Fantastic Four going into space and everything. Yeah, that would be you know that would be epic. Yeah, that'd be dope. And for
0: my storyline, you know, I hate to say it's very similar because I just think it's a great you know storyline. I I think how you would do this would be you know the Fantastic Four would be set in the '60s just because that would be your way to explain why they weren't around during the Infinity Saga. At least right, exactly. most of it, you know, it kind of gives you a way out and also gives you, you know, some, t- some time to explore some nostalgia and also fill in the gaps of early MCU history or a different, you know, era of MCU history. And I think that'd help. And I know in Multiverse of Madness, I know it was a throwaway line and it was a reference to music, but I do like yeah. that, you know, Doctor Strange, when he sees John Krasinski's Reed Richards, he's like, didn't you guys chart in the 60s? Like, that at was first, great. Like, you know, at first I thought that was like a, you know, reference to you know his era because it's like we've never seen fantastic four get addressed in the mcu Mm -hmm. so yeah i was you know i think you know they should kind of lean into that in my opinion and you know i would have like everyone you said the howard starks you know the hank pins the janet van dyne's the peggy carters you know all come out for this even if it's quick cameos or even other characters they might want to introduce for the future i mean Isaiah Bradley, you know, might work. I I mean, I I don't know if his timeline works, you know, but like there could be some characters that they could circle back to and it could really establish that early era of Shield and early era of you know the Marvel cinematic universe. But I think what you could do with like the quantum realm and everything is like you could do half of this film set in like the sixties slash quantum realm and then pick it up halfway through the film of them being in the MCU like in Mm -hmm. present day and then like maybe buying the baxter building like i don't know who owns avengers tower but i think that's one (laughs) of those loose ends oh yeah like i feel like i feel like the fantastic four is destined to own Baxter. you know the fantastic four is destined to own avengers tower and turn it into the baxter
1: building right or am i wrong uh, that's my top choice i was debating it being either the new Oscorp building if they went that route but they probably won't now with the green goblin thing already done but now I'm I'm leaning more heavily than ever into it being the Baxter Building. I think that would be awesome if they if they repurpose Avengers Tower to be that. And honestly, you
0: can even retcon where you know, like the Fantastic Four when they come out of the Quantum Realm. You could technically do it pre, you know, pre Infinity War and Endgame if you wanted to, and just have them where they're kind of you know they're just not involved or they're off right. doing something else. You could do that because honestly, you know we never got notice of who did Tony Stark sell Avengers tower to. And I can't imagine him selling it to someone like Kingpin or, you know, even the Norman Osborns. I just think that would be such a weird, you know, everyone always jokes about Tony Stark creating half of the villains and Marvel. That would be just one of those unnecessary like things, but I could see Tony Stark selling it to old family friend and Reed Richards, you know, him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I think I think that would just be really that would just be going down a dangerous path. Having Tony create another villain in the MCU, it's worked the times that it's worked. I think they maybe pushed it with Mysterio a little bit, but um, but uh, I think that that would work. I think if you wanted to go to the Baxter Building, or even I was just thinking off the top of my head right now, maybe they owned it in the past, and maybe that oh. building could could eventually go to the Avengers, and maybe that's where they end up. When they come back out of the quantum realm or something, then maybe they kind of redo it. I've been I'm digging this through in my head literally right now. That actually sounds more awesome the more I talk about it.
0: Yeah, I really, yeah, I like that concept because it would be cool to see them, you know, come out of the quantum realm and then they're back in that building.
1: Exactly. Now it's all redone with all the Avengers stuff. Maybe it's being it's emptied out, but new heroes still done up. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be so cool. I think that would really, really work.
0: I mean, (laughs) man, that's, that's exciting. You know, I really, you know, it's a tall task for them to get these, you know, to get the Fantastic Four into the MCU. So I'm really curious to see how they do it. I do think Quantum Realm, the 60s kind of gives them a way to do it without screwing up too much or having them have the Eternals issue of like, well, why didn't they show up and fight like in Infinity War and Endgame? Because I think that, you know, with the new phase of Marvel characters, I think that is becoming more of more of an issue than people realize where it's like, you see all these new characters get introduced and you went, Oh, where were We're they? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a danger of doing that. Yeah. It's just like one of those dangerous paths, but yeah, we, we, we did this. We, we fantasy booked the fantastic four, at least, you know, the first film, the casting, the villains, you know, directors and writers, but I, I do think we have to discuss, before we end the show, before we end the podcast, we have to discuss some honorable mentions. So right off the bat, Richard, do you have any honorable mentions
1: that you want to say? Well, we obviously said Bryce Dallas Howard as, uh, as Sue Storm. I think you and I both agree on that. Yeah. Another pick um, I actually had for, um, for Johnny, Taron Edgerton. Ooh. The, oh, the only reason I didn't pick him as uh, Johnny Storm is because I want him as Wolverine more. Uh, that's that's the only reason i didn't go that route and then um for ben uh, like i said michael chick was be awesome if john cena wasn't peacemaker already yes. i would have so gone with cena for for the thing cena would rock i think cena I, I agree would be so good
0: and one. also just
1: real quick uh, just for the pure hilarity of it dwayne johnson yeah that's the thing the rock playing a rock
0: the hierarchy of power of the Marvel cinematic
1: universe is about to change. <laughs> you know like just just yeah. for the pure pun of it, Dwayne Johnson as the thing would be amazing. I would love to see it
0: because I think <laughs> the thing is a character they could do someone who's not like hundred percent in it all the time. Exactly. Someone to like Bradley Cooper and and Vin Diesel, yeah. Yeah, I think it could really work. But I love those alternates. They're so good. Taryn Egerton, really good.
1: Yeah, I just want him as Wolverine more. That's why I didn't go with him for Human Torch, but he would be so cool. I I cannot wait. He's gonna be in the MCU someday, and I just hope it's as Wolverine. Me, me too. I think he
0: would be a great Wolverine because Wolverine's one of those where it's gonna be a tall task. So oh, yeah, I would love to see him in that role. Yeah, how about your honorable picks? You know, I got some crazy ones. Okay, like really weird, but like we're gonna just do it. Okay. Hayden Christensen as Reed Richards.
1: I could see that. that. That would be super weird, but I'd be down for it. But if you think about it, you know, if you think about it, could really work. Throw a little white in the hair, I, I dye his hair black. I think, I think he could do that, yeah.
0: And Reed sometimes goes on these hot and cold streaks.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, who better to do hot and cold than Anakin Skywalker? Exactly.
0: <laughs> then for Sue Storm... Kristen Bell, who she good place. She's done a couple other
1: things. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see Kristen Bell doing a pretty good, uh, pretty good suit.
0: Yeah, I could see that. You know, Lily James could work too. She was in *Pam and Tommy*. Mm-hmm. A couple other things. Yeah, for sure. Once that uh, Sebastian Stan. And then my pick for the thing, it would be a weird one, but Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler.
1: Oh my God. Same I man. yes oh my god that that'd be pretty funny honestly and actually that reminds me of another one i thought of actually for the thing seth rogan
0: yeah that one i've heard that one would be good yeah be really good
1: I, I could see either of them it just adam sandler in the mcu would would be great i, I think I mean, especially with his kind of renaissance recently
0: yes that would be so cool right
1: and for human torch i don't really have like another one like honorable yeah yeah, no, Human Human Torch is actually the one I'm pretty set on. I want Efron for it.
0: Yeah, and I'm like Rudy, so it's like that's like those are our picks, really. Yeah, definitely. Richard, it was so great to have you on the show today,
1: and where can people find you online? So I am mostly on Twitter, um, at, at Richard Nevins. Um, I, I write for The Direct, obviously. You see my stuff on there pretty much all the time. Um, I write like crazy. Um, but no, I, am pretty much on Twitter and, um, yeah, you'll, you'll be seeing stuff from me a lot. And, um, actually a little bit of a tease. I've got a pretty big interview coming up in the next few days that I'm going to be doing. So, uh, can't wait to actually share more when, uh, when I could share more on it.
0: Awesome. Well, we can't wait to see it. We're big supporters of you here at boardwalk time. So we can't wait to see whoever you interview.
1: Thank you. No, it should be great. I can't wait to share it.
0: Yeah. Can't wait to see that. And that concludes our Boardwalk Times Multiverse of Marvel episode today, fan casting and fantasy booking the Fantastic Four. Boardwalk Times Multiverse of Marvel will be back for more bonus episodes in the future. But in August, we will be back to do our new pod series, Better Call Hulk, which will be an after show to She-Hulk. For more Marvel content, head over to BoardwalkTimes.net or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Boardwalk Times. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review.